welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast. As always, it's me, your host Yusuf. We have a lot of things to discuss, and this episode is going to be a real interesting one. I also have my regular guest Jordan joining me later on in the show. So without further ado, let's just get right to it. So I recently had the chance to watch the series Colin in Black and White on Netflix. Now it was put together by Colin Kaepernick and Ava DuVernay. It's a six episode series that shows Colin's life and his alleged experiences in high school. And I'll explain why I use the word alleged. But I'm going to give my perspective and thoughts on the show. Now if you haven't watched it, I'm going to give some spoilers. So don't get mad at me because you've been warned. And if you don't plan on watching it or you're sitting on the fence, you may find this review to be helpful. For everyone else that watched it already, you may agree or disagree with what I have to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. So as a content creator and an author, I want to be fair and give a balanced critique. So let's start with the positives. Now they did a good job with the acting and the casting. Also, the way they balanced in Colin's narration alongside of the story was a pretty good touch. Now, the main actor, Jaden Michael, who plays Colin, he was actually pretty convincing. Plus, the nuance he brought to the character, such as the mannerisms, were very on point. So I'm going to give credit where credit is due. They did a great job on the show in this aspect. So now, let's move on to the criticisms I have with the show. It's over 9,000! So in the opening of the first episode, he discusses the NFL, the Combine, and the Draft, and he compares it to slavery and it being like a plantation. So let me get this straight. Guys are voluntarily choosing to play football while getting paid millions of dollars, and that is equivalent to slavery? Stop the cap! If that is the case... Why does Colin want to play in the NFL again? Why did he sue the league for blackballing him and then end up taking a settlement with them? And then he recently did an interview with Ebony Magazine and he said that he still wants to come back to the NFL and he trains five to six times per week. So if the NFL is slavery, why do you want to be enslaved so badly? Remember when people got mad at Kanye for saying slavery was a choice? Well, now Colin is saying the exact same thing. So much like his comments on the NFL, this show lacks awareness. So in that same first episode, titled Cornrows, they discussed the cultural impact of Iverson and how it influenced Colin to want to grow braids. Now at first, his white adopted parents didn't understand, but his mother tried to support him. Now eventually, his baseball coach didn't like the style and he said that he had to cut it off or he wouldn't be able to play for the team. Now I firmly believe that no one should be forced to cut their hair in order to fit into society or to attend a certain school, play for a certain team, or work at a certain job. But Colin made this situation seem worse than it really was when he goes on to say, after cutting my hair, I never braided it again until 14 years later. Really? There are bigger issues people are facing in their daily lives. And you're talking about not being able to braid your hair after 14 years? Now this show is filled with laughable moments like that. In one episode, he shows his family driving him to baseball games. And his adopted father while he's driving is waving at a cop who is patrolling the highway. 
Then one day, his parents decide to let Colin drive, and that same cop now pulls them over, asks the parents if they are okay. And when he asks for Colin's license and he reaches for it, the cop almost grabs his gun. And then, at the end of that interaction, his mother says, You almost dodged a bullet. Really? Are you that desperate to sell a story that you're fabricating police interactions now? Now, I'm sure Colin has been pulled over before, but I don't believe that that particular incident took place. But this series seems to be filled with fabrications like that. In one of the episodes, I believe it's episode 5, it's premised around him developing a crush on a dark-skinned girl, and everyone seems to be against him being with a black girl. They instead want him to be with a white girl. So, if you're surrounded by racists, like he's alleging he is in this show, why would they want you, a black man, to be with a white woman instead of a black woman? I've never heard racists say, I don't want to see intra-racial dating. Now, since he's a public figure and we know his dating history, it's never been reported that he's been with dark-skinned black women. And you know what? To be fair, that's no one's business. But don't sell this portrayal of yourself if it's not consistent with who you are or your actions. It seems disingenuous and dishonest. And throughout the show, he depicts his adopted parents as racist and he honestly places them in an unfavorable light. Now, I can believe and I do think that they were out of touch with him and they didn't know how to interact or relate to a biracial black kid. But I cannot say that they were racist. They adopted you. They raised you, they provided for you, and they did everything that parents are supposed to do. They traveled all across the country by car to take you to tournaments, practices, and tryouts. Now, Colin was being offered contracts to play baseball professionally while he was still in high school. And he was getting college scholarship offers by schools all across the U.S. for baseball. He turned all that down because he loved football and it was his dream to be a quarterback. Even though he was getting no opportunities to play football. And as you find out in the show, there was only one school that offered him a scholarship. He was getting cut and passed on by everyone. Yet his parents stuck by him and supported his decision even though they didn't necessarily agree. Everyone wanted him to play baseball because he was talented at it and he was getting a lot of opportunities. Now, were his parents perfect? Absolutely not. But were they good to him? I would say that they were. They were kinder to him as an adopted child than some parents are to their own biological children. And then for you to depict them as racist in your own show and basically shit on them, to me that just shows that he is ungrateful and he is out of touch with reality. It's the same delusion that makes him think he can sue the NFL, compare them to a plantation and as slave owners, and then he has the nerve to think that he can get a job with them again. 
So knowing what I know about Colin Kaepernick and the whole situation dating back to 2016, and then watching this show, it became very clear to me that Colin has some deep-rooted psychological issues. He's carrying a lot of resentment and unresolved anger, and I think it stems from him having an identity crisis. Being a biracial black man that was adopted and raised by white parents and was largely surrounded by whites is not an easy experience. So he felt out of place, and he even admitted in the show that I was never anyone's first choice when discussing the story of how he was adopted. And all of what we're seeing from him is a culmination of that. And I honestly believe that he should confront this anger and work through it. But instead, he's being surrounded by yes-men and people who are buying into this nonsense and championing him as something that he isn't. Colin is not a victim. He's not a martyr. His heart may have been in the right place, but he executed it poorly. He's actually confused. He depicts white people as racist microaggressors, but he has a white agent, and he put his show on a white-owned platform like Netflix. Now, I'm not defending white people or making them out to be the victims. And if you listen to my podcast in previous episodes, you know my stance on this topic. And I may probably discuss it again down the line in the future. But from everything that I've watched in the show and following the story dating back to 2016, it's clear to me that he's an entitled person dealing with confusion anger and identity issues now that's all i got to say on that we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with more so it recently came out that aaron Rodgers lied about his jab status and was actually unjabbed and he was met with outrage but not nearly as much vitriol was given to him as to kyrie irving i wonder why <laughs> Well, I know why, and you guys do too. But hearing him defend himself, it made perfect sense. He was factual in everything that he spoke, and he was 100% right. Now, he said that he was allergic to the ingredients in two of them, and he didn't take the Johnson & Johnson version because there were concerns about its safety. Everything he said in his interview with Pat McAfee including this woke cancel culture that we're living in, is correct. And it's things that I've been saying on this podcast too. And again, to reiterate, it is a personal choice and a personal decision. But I don't want to rehash that again. It's really the reactions that interested me, to be honest. And I'm so glad that Jay Williams called out Stephen A. Simp no correction, for his double standard. Now, Stephen A. Simp called Kyrie stupid and said to hell with him, and he was yelling it the whole time. But now, with Aaron Rodgers, he wasn't nearly as animated, and he didn't use personal insults. All he said was that he lied, 
and the only time that he yelled, it was directed at Jay Williams for calling him out on his BS. Now, Rogers was correct when he said that when Trump brought the jabs under Project Warp Speed, Joe Biden, Yas Queen Kamala, and everyone else said that it shouldn't be trusted because it came from him. Then, when Biden won, suddenly everyone became an advocate for it. And by the way, I'm not taking any sides. I'm just giving the information. Like I say all the time on this podcast, I am apolitical and I don't identify with any political party. And Aaron Rodgers said the same thing in his interview. He also did another interview with Pat McAfee after the original one and essentially said that he doesn't want to discuss this topic anymore. He said what he said and now he wants to focus on football again. And you know what? He can and he will. That is his right. But for some reason, the liberal sports media doesn't afford black athletes the same opportunity. Now, Rogers spoke facts and parroted exactly what Kyrie said about it being a personal choice and it should not be mandated. Yet somehow Kyrie got eviscerated in the media and Rogers got off scot-free. And now Rogers says, I no longer want to discuss it. But for some reason, black athletes will be asked to continue to advocate for this thing and they'll be demonized if they don't. Black athletes are always being encouraged to be more than an athlete, while Aaron Rodgers is simply saying, I don't want to be an activist. Why the double standard? And to be clear, that is not Rodgers' fault. It's the liberal media's fault. The same liberal media that spends all day virtue signaling and talking down on people like there's some form of morality police. Now, this whole situation has become politicized in regards to the jab. And this politicization of it has even the politicians confused. Now, Kyrie can't play because of a mandate in New York. Now, that mandate says that if someone didn't take the jab, they cannot enter the arena. But that doesn't apply to unjab players on opposing teams they can still play in the arena so if that doesn't make sense to you you're not alone because it doesn't make sense at all and when the governor was asked why that rule is in effect she said that it's an nba rule really why the fuck you lying why you always lying so the nba can decide policy for the state of new york but she was corrected and she was told that it's a state law and then she said, I had no idea such law existed. Stop the cap. So the governor of New York doesn't know the laws in her own state. But somehow Kyrie Irving is stupid, according to Stephen A. Simp and Howard Stern, right? Aaron Rodgers exercised bodily autonomy and he has every right to do so. What's crazy is the NFL knew he was unjabbed and so did the Green Bay Packers. Yet they covered up for him and supported him. Don't ask, don't tell. So why didn't the NBA and the Brooklyn Nets provide that same support and protection for Kyrie? Why did the owner of the Nets, Joe Tsai, throw him under the bus and tell him to stay away from the team until he gets jabbed? We know why. But there's two points that I want to drive home here. Aaron Rodgers really pulled the curtains back on how stupid these rules and mandates are, the same way that Kyrie did. 
But real change can only happen when more people like Aaron Rodgers speak up and give their opinions. Now, I'm not saying they have to be activists or martyrs. They just need to say the truth. That's the only way to counteract this woke mob culture that we're living in. And also, while us as blacks deal with systemic racism, let's not undermine the fact that it's also our own kind that hold us back and hurt us as well. The Stephen A. Simps, the Charles Barkleys, and the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's of the world are just as harmful. Why? Because they will destroy their own kind without any remorse or second thought. They dragged, destroyed, and threw Kyrie's name in the mud in an effort to sabotage him while they were on their best behavior with Aaron Rodgers. They're really no different than the people who commit black-on-black crimes or bring about harm to our communities. They're just using a different weapon and a different method. They're using the influence and the media. But their intention is the same, to cause harm to a fellow black man. That is why I tell people we need to think bigger than just systemic racism and white people. There are just as harmful people in our own communities. If this was Django Unchained, remember the Quentin Tarantino film with Leonardo DiCaprio, Jamie Foxx, and Samuel L. Jackson? Well, Stephen A. Simp, Charles Barkley, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would be the Samuel L. Jacksons. Need I say more? Now we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with more. Jordan, welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast. It's great to have you back on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's always good to to catch up with you. And uh, of course, some things have happened in the in the atmosphere that we have to address since uh, something we spoke about in, in the past episode. So it's definitely something that needs to be addressed. This Will and Jada situation, bro. I remember last year we did an yeah. episode. I called it the one about entanglements. Yeah. And yeah. now a year later, there's there's more going on. So what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so it's clearly they're still entangled or there's some remnants of entanglements uh, still, um, or let's say residue of entanglements that uh, Jada won't really uh, give up per se. And it's unfortunate, you know, for, for Will Smith. Because um, he's not really doing anything. He's been through everything and more, having to go through the whole situation with August, have to pull up to the red table, talk to have the conversation with Jada one-on-one. You could see it in his face, red eyes and all, tired, exhausting. So that's something you have to go through, you know, as a man in, in a relationship. And when it gets to the level of a celebrity or face like Will Smith and Jada, the relationship goals that we thought were goals, but no more. It's just the constant struggle that you have to go through being in a in a, such a high-valued relationship. And it's unfortunate. And when I say it's unfortunate, it's just like, Will's just low-key. He's trying to just have his movie, do the whole Serena, Venus movie. <laughs> He's not really trying to have any bad PR. Like he's always trying to be happy-go-lucky on IG and everything. And then here comes Jada kicking his back in for no reason, out of the blue. You know, like what she said didn't have to be said. But I, I guess for the listeners, if you want to break down what like what happened, 
before we get into the whole rant of it. <laughs> yeah, break it down for them. The situation? Yeah, just break down the situation. I'm going to um, respond back to some of the points that you made, but yeah, you could break it down for them. Okay, so what happened was, um, so Jada was on the red table talk with uh, an actress, I guess talking about the actress actress and the show that she's on, because I think her, the show that she's in is uh, about sex, life, and relationships, per se. And then Jada went about talking about her own relationship, which she didn't really have to do, but I guess Jada being an open person to bring up her relationship and her personal life, she brought up how it's hard to maintain the sex life in a relationship that's been going on for so long, right? And that's like a shot at Will because, like, who else could you be talking about, right? Clearly, it's a shot at Will saying that the sex life with him is probably not the best, not the greatest, or it's hard to maintain. I personally think, like, what happens in the bedroom should stay in the bedroom, and that's something that should be addressed between you and the partner. And if you have something to say about it, you can work on it together, right, to grow it and communicate what needs to be said within the relationship. So it's just crazy that she would just air out the man like that uh, on the red table talk when she's already done enough. Yeah, and the the actress that she had on the show was uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm. Uh, what'd you say exactly, though, to quote her? Like, you love me. You should be able to read Yeah, so speaking on reading someone's mind, I don't know if Will Smith is an X-Men or Newton, <laughs> or what it may be, but I'm I'm pretty sure that he doesn't have the power to read one's mind. It's 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 crazy. I guess the thing is with Jada, which which it seems like she's just really reaching for headlines, you know, staying relevant and bringing up a guy like Will Smith, who is a guy who's rare in his own breed. It's crazy that a man that, like, anyone would want to be Will Smith because, like, that's a fresh prince, you know? Like, how yeah. is a man like Will Smith getting all this turmoil being the man that he, that he is, right? Okay, so I kind of have a multi-layered answer. So I'm going to kind of have to do a little bit of a deep dive. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. To respond to what you're saying, yeah, she should definitely... What happens in the bedroom should always stay in the bedroom. There's no need to be airing out your business like that. Mm-hmm. And this is the second time she's done it on her show to make yeah. Will look bad. Right. But at the same time, I can't say that I feel bad for Will mm-hmm. because it's it's like, what are you doing about these situations? You know what I mean? Because she made those August comments last year. Yeah. And then you ended up going on the show and we all saw the meme that came out of that. Yeah. So it's like you participated in her circus when you should have checked. You don't I don't think, think so, that? bro. I don't nah, think so. Yeah. And and if he's doing that and she's still doing this, mm-hmm. then that means she has no respect for you as a man. So okay. why are you still with her? In any relationship with a girl, mm-hmm. whether it's a relationship or it's a marriage, the foundation has to be respect. Once that respect is gone, she's physically there, but mentally she's somewhere else. He didn't do a good enough job of garnering that respect and maintaining it. So it's like your kids are grown. Mm-hmm. So what reason do you have to be with her? But I think it's, it's, I feel like they have an understanding that content is content. 
and be as authentic as you want to be, be as real as you want to be. Because at the end of the day, it's gonna produce numbers. It's gonna it's gonna promote you or whatever you're doing. And I feel like they both had that understanding. Like you see, Will doing a whole lot loads of nonsense on IG, and that's just him providing content to the world. And Jada has to just go about it in a in a different way unfortunately and it's not in the best way possible for will as an individual but at the end of the day whatever you say or do it's not going to tarnish whoever we still rate will smith at the end of the day so i feel like it's a whole facade and and they have an understanding to do and say whatever they like because everyone's going to eat it up at the end of the day who knows their sex life could be the greatest but she just said it because it's something that all the blogs are going to run away with and all the media is going to run with it and run up her numbers. And then it's a continued story of them being relevant in society. Now we have to be here back again talking about them, right? Who knows? That's just my hypothetical speaking, right? Will has to put his foot down, right? And I'm sure Will has countless of times put his foot down, but at the end of the day, you know, what can he really do? He's not an X-Men. He can't read her mind. (laughs) I can kind of see that all of this is just for publicity because now like Will Smith is promoting a book Mm -hmm. uh, autobiography and he's saying a whole lot of different things. I would say like I was just reading something earlier today about him saying that he thought about killing his father to avenge his mother. That's a pretty radical thing to say. Right. But it's about getting people to buy the book. And yeah. then he he was saying that from his movies, uh, six, from his movie Six Degrees of Separation, he fell in love with his co-star. Mm-hmm. So he's just saying whatever will stick to the wall to get people to buy the book. Yeah, exactly. She's probably just saying anything to get people to watch her show. They don't care. They'll do it at any cost. Yeah. But I guess for me, I'm putting the business stuff out of it. I'm just looking at it more from like a human principle. They have a purpose for doing this, but people shouldn't look at this and think that this is good behavior. It's not good behavior. It's not ideal or respectable behavior. 100%. 100%. But I feel like us, us regular people and these celebrities, we live in two different worlds, right? But we're so influenced by that world that it, it, it flaws our mind. It's like you can look at it and say like, yo, what she's doing, what she's saying is outlandish. But who they are and what they represent in society is already outlandish. Because they're like stars beyond stars, right? So everything that they do and say is like over-scrutinized, which is fair, right? But it's it's like for us as regular people, I just feel like as a celebrity with the camera on you 24-7, Will and Jada have to have their own type of compromise, the own type of contract because it's the only way that it's gonna stay together right mm-hmm. and that's why i argue your argument of will putting his foot down and saying something or ending the relationship because i feel like they're past that because that could have been done years ago through all the twists and turns that they've went through with their relationship all like they're probably in a polygamous relationship marriage and they have an understanding of their lives. And at this point, I just feel like they're living two separate lives under one household. And and that's, I guess, the part that I just find so weird. Okay, did you see that trailer that Will Smith put out about his fitness journey? Yeah. Okay, so did you see that, that little tidbit where he's like, oh, this is the first time in my life I thought about suicide? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. 
Yeah, so even though, like, yes, like, these guys are celebrities, they live a completely different reality than our mm-hmm. understanding. Yeah. There's still that element where they're still humans, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go against your conscience enough or, you know, you just reach a, a point of despair or unhappiness. Yeah. They're not above those feelings. You know what I mean? Or they're not above yeah. those thoughts. Yeah. So my thing is just like, like, I guess I always just look at everything from the lens of peace of mind. For for his peace of mind, like having to address these rumors and face these things and put yourself through that. Sometimes it's just easier to just leave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's just the perspective that I'm coming from. So you think like, that this actually, like, the words and everything that Jada does, like, really affects well? I think to an extent, yeah, because you're getting embarrassed out there, bro. Like, you're really getting emasculated. Like, you're getting emasculated. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it was like, it started off with little statements, but then it started to get worse and worse and worse. So I'll give you an example. Like when she said like, oh, Tupac was like my first love and mm-hmm. I still have the letters that Tupac wrote for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're basically putting it out there that he was your first choice. And she basically said this herself too, that she just kind of went with Will because he was, you know, he provided more stability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some foul sh- yeah, so it's like, so that's how it started, right? And mm-hmm. then I'm telling you, I don't believe that he checked it because these things happen in stages. Right. He, then he goes on Breakfast Club. He goes on the Breakfast Club and he says, you know, I was so intimidated by Tupac. Mm. Like, like <laughs> <Yeah>. what? <laughs> like, so you're, you're giving this a pass. You're not nipping this in the bud. You're giving it a pass. So then now it's evolving to the whole entanglements thing. And then now yeah. it's evolving to this. Yeah. So at what point, like, and if you're not the kind of person, and I understand if Will's not a confrontational kind of guy, he doesn't know how to approach it. It doesn't have to be confrontational. You can respectfully check someone's behavior, right? It doesn't have to be confrontational or angry or anything like that. There's a way to do it. But if he's yeah. not comfortable with that or it makes him uncomfortable, then just leave a unhappy situation. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah, he's definitely caught in a in a toxic environment. And whether it's like, whether it's Willow and Jaden that like are his shining light in that toxic environment that keeps him, that's like his coping mechanism. Maybe the kids are his coping mechanism to the whole situation, right? And like, I guess it, it's easier said than done, I guess, to like get up and leave when it's like probably it is the love of his life and like they've done and they've grown, they have so much memories together. I guess it might be hard for Will just even as much as Jay is doing to just mm-hmm. to walk away, right? It is. It's not easy. And I'm not saying it like, you know, it's an overnight decision, right? But you kind of have to get to a point. And I didn't see that full video. So I don't know what the context of, I don't know what the context was of him saying suicide or anything like that. It's all just assumptions at this point. Right. But if it's really something that, you know, irritates you that much or it goes against your peace or makes you mm-hmm. unhappy... Mm-hmm. then you know it's something to strongly consider like you know all your kids are adults yeah so financially you won't be on the hook of like child support or anything like that yeah you'll probably have to like sell the house that you guys own together you'll have to probably pay her a little bit of a like a little settlement mm-hmm. but i mean it's something to at least consider or keep in the back of your mind if this is something that becomes untenable for him i don't think this is untenable for him and i think he will stick it out mm-hmm but it's like, damn, at what cost? <laughs> and I, but like you said, right, his whole book, like just, I know you don't want to touch on the business side, 
right? But just to go back on the business side. No, we could. This, ma- this makes them hot again. You know what I mean? This makes like, wow, Jada's saying this. I need to go hear Will's side in this whole book. I need to see what he's talking about or what he's saying or what I'm going to get from Will's side. Like, I feel like this pushes Will's agenda even more with the timing of Jada and what, he, what she just said on her, on her t- Red Table Talk. But yeah, it could it's... increase the sales of the book, right? Because it's like, damn, I feel bad for it, Will, right? And his whole situation. Like, I need to hear his side because you were hearing a lot of Jada. We're not hearing much of Will, right? Besides him promoting his book and, like, going on his little, um, his media run. But, like, what's really behind all the smoke and mirrors? Pick up the Will Smith book and find out next Yeah. <laughs> right? And there's no guarantee that he even will address it in the book, but it's just that mm-hmm. anticipation of what he might, not knowing what he might say, right? Yeah. That intrigue is more than enough to just kind of keep it going, right? Exactly. So, yeah, there's definitely a business element to all of this, too. Like, nothing nothing is what they seem, right? Like, what do they say? Believe none of what you hear and half of what you see. There's always mm-hmm. more to it than what meets the eye. Yeah, but, man, like, I feel like there's other ways to go about it, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to yeah. do... The fresh prints like that, but yeah. like, I guess that recipe works right for them. If it's not, it's not broke, don't fix it, type of thing, right? Okay, do you remember that? Um, there's that little social media trend that was going on where people mm-hmm. were using red flags and they're talking about, yeah, red yeah, f- yeah, 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 yeah. And the reason why I don't feel bad for Will is because there was so much, I guess, things that we could consider to be red flags going into mm-hmm. this situation with her, yeah, that it's like. You should have been cautious, and you weren't. So, for example, he was saying that, you know, he believed in the traditional type of marriage, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's man and woman. And Mm -hmm. then he went to her, and she didn't necessarily believe in the traditional marriage. Right. So already there's a, a, a values disconnect. Right. But because he loved her so much, he was willing to compromise on that, right? Right. To the fact that he knew about her obsession with Tupac, but he still looked the other way and pursued something with her. Right. So the red flags were there, but you just chose to ignore it and chose to proceed. And the fact that this guy was married to a woman before Jada, but he really left her for her. So it's like all these different things were going on that probably could have just told him, like, hey, you know, you might want to chill on this, but <laughs> he didn't. And it is what it is. He is where he is now, but. Yeah. It's just crazy to me, bro. Yeah, it's definitely crazy. It is very crazy. I agree. All the red flags are there. Definitely, they're not no, they're not role models for society. That's for damn sure. But I don't feel like celebrities are supposed to be role models for society because their life is just totally different from ours or the regular Joe, the average Joe, right? So it's just hard because the influence is so high for celebrities that it's hard not to look at them. And all the success and be like, why can't I look at them as role models, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that was the thing. The red flags were there, right, all along. But sometimes, I guess there may be some green flags that we don't see as well, right, behind the scenes. Whether it may be, who knows, right? Cooking or whatever Jada brings to the table that's keeping Will around. Because, like, everything that Jada's putting them through on a public platform seems like a whole lot of red flags but there may be some 
green flags are because like it's easy to 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 point out the red flags, but you also have to notice the green flags too. That is true. There probably is like some elements of good that we just don't know about. Mm-hmm. We'll never really know. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we're only gonna know as much as that's told to us. Yeah, that's the world we live in, right? There's yeah, there's so much of the unknown, right? But like at the end of the day, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. <laughs> so to piggyback off of this, right? Yeah. What would you say, taking them aside, right? Now speaking mm-hmm. for yourself, what are what are some red flags for you? Red flags? Yeah, the things that you would observe that you would consider to be red flags. In general? In general, yeah. I mean, there's a long list, really and truly. <laughs> you start. You start first, and I'll, I'll, okay. I'll go off for you. Okay, so one that I would say is, mm-hmm. like, when a girl drops a line, like, I have a lot of guy friends. I don't really like to have girlfriends because they're too much drama. <laughs> that would be a red flag for me, like. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's true. That is true. Huh, that's funny. There's so many to list off, but, like, where do you start? <laughs> yeah. So I get, I'll say, um, a red flag for me is just like someone that doesn't really have their own passions per se. Okay. Okay. Right. And they're just really feeding off of different or like influences that they see. Right. Mm-hmm. But they don't really have their own passion, things that they actually love themselves and like things that like define them as a person rather than just being like a one that likes everything per se. Yeah. But I guess someone who's kind of like, uh, all over the place, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I would categorize that as one for me, too. Ooh, accountability is a good one, too. Because where's, where's the accountability on, on that's, the That's side? a big one. It's always someone else's fault. Yeah, there, there's always a a reason or a, a rationale to their wrongs, but it's never on them. That's a good, that's a really good one. Constant deflections. Yeah, I would like say... The, like they're my tumble. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, like, you seen that thing with uh, Brittany Renner and Academics? Yeah. Okay. Academic does a really good job of uh, interviewing people and really probing his guests for uh, questions and making it very uh, conversational. Yeah. Did a really good job. But, yeah, the, the Brittany Renner one was, was very interesting because it's like, Brittany, she had, she did a good job, like, answering the questions that, mm-hmm. like, Academics had for her. She had her, her, her own rationale, 100%. But... At the end of the day, you know, it's like the optics yeah. are terrible, right? And with the optics being terrible, you have to take some accountability. And, and that's what she wasn't doing. She always had an answer or a reply. And it's just like, okay, but like, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the man yeah. was 20. You're a whole grown woman. I think the part that like, she was confusing is that she kept saying, oh, well, what about him? You know, like no one's holding him accountable. Everyone's holding him mm-hmm. accountable. Like. Right when they started, yeah, like right, right when they were seen together, everyone started getting at him, saying, "Listen, stay away from her." Uh-huh. It's a there is videos on the internet of her openly saying that she wants to land a young player because they're easy to trap. Yeah, so everyone was getting at him. I don't think anyone was giving him a pass. It's just uh-huh. he's dumb for even allowing himself to be put in that predicament. Yeah. But she deserves some accountability, too, because she was openly and blatantly trying to prey on young basketball players to trap. 
Yeah, and, and, and it's like she tried to like make it seem like uh oh look at her. She she wanted love, she wanted this romantic relationship and then she didn't get that. So that's her negative aspect out of it. But she got a kid, right? And she's getting like uh child support now, right? Yeah. So it's like now and then you put up those videos of at different colleges or like the videos she put up about um baby daddy season or whatever she said in her, her video so it's like she knows what she's like, doing like exactly we know what you're doing just like own it i guess per se like you can't yeah. really complain right or be one to complain about the situation or put it on him it's like you tricked a man to get what you wanted yes you could say you wanted love you wanted a family relationship what were your wholehearted intent intentions <laughs> from the jump right <laughs> Yeah, it was like it was crazy to me, bro. That was a really good one that you said, uh, lack of accountability, because it's it's crazy to me, like how the cognitive dissonance, like it's like Ak was explaining it and breaking it down for her, mm-hmm. and you could just see like it was just not registering at all. It was not registering. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, so that's a huge red flag. So I would definitely say, yeah, that's a good call on that one. Yeah, another one would be, uh, I guess. When they ask you what time you were born, or what sign you are, and they get into your uh, your birth chart and what time you were born, and your Leo rising, falling moon, whatever it may be. Okay, has that ever happened to you before? Hundred percent. I feel like yeah. that's the that's the that's the modern day woman. They they have a uh, an attraction to to hearing that that or like they like to indulge in that community. Per se, yeah. they like to get more in touch with their spiritual side, right? So, of course, I've been around those conversations plenty of times. And, of course, yeah, um, I, I'm aware of it. I don't have mm-hmm. a full understanding of it because I, ha- I haven't really done a deep dive into it. And I feel yeah. like it's, a, it's, it's uh, as I know it goes million, like years back and all, but I feel like it's all, a lot of new information. That's really getting put out there, right? Yeah. But like, a lot of people are taking it and running with it, mm-hmm. per se, and like using it as a rationale or answers to their whys, right? Yeah. To one red flag that I can kind of think of is one day when they say, "Oh yeah, I like to be friends with my exes." That's like to me, that's a big red flag. <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely a, a concern. That's a huge Cause of, concern. Because it's like, why? I mean, we know why. Like, whether it's the girl insisting or the guy insisting, like, we know why. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just kind of like, you know, as a man, are you going to kind of have that conversation or are you going to kind of just not pursue, how, like, how, leave it alone would, and not pursue? How would you handle that situation? So my philosophy is always like, I don't take someone as serious as they take themselves. So if it's someone that is showing that they want to, like they have a serious interest in me and they want to pursue something serious, then yeah. I'll tell them this is a boundary that I don't compromise on. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not the kind of person that goes to uh, like someone's following list and see who they're following and ask, who is this? Who is this? Like, I'm not that dude. Right. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you that, you know, like if you want to pursue something serious with me and you want to show me that, you know, this could be something serious, then they got to mm-hmm. go. Right. Right. And if they, if I sense even a little bit of hesitation, like, oh, I have to do this. Why? You know, I don't think that's fair or whatever. Okay, you mm-hmm. know, that's cool. You don't have to do it. You're right. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just going to respectfully take myself out of the situation and not even really pursue at that point or let it continue. 
Because sometimes, like, the way I look at red flags is red flags, they're not for the other person to know. I guess it depends on how much you care about them. But mm-hmm. in the beginning, it's not really for them to know. It's just for you to make a mental note of and see whether or not this is something you're willing to tolerate. Right. Because it will resurface itself down the line. Mm-hmm. So if you communicate that this is a boundary you have, you know, if someone takes you seriously enough, they'll say, okay, yeah, I'm willing to go with it. Mm-hmm. And obviously she's going to have certain boundaries that is going to be in place that you as a man also have to respect and accept. Right. Right. But if I sense hesitation or I see any unwillingness to do it, I just say, okay, you know what? Don't worry about it. It's cool. And then I just slowly distance myself from the situation because the reality is women are going to get attention from men regardless. Right. Like whether you're out with her, like she's going to be on social media, there's going to be guys DMing her. You cannot Mm -hmm. control that. And you shouldn't even want to control that. You should just, be the kind of man that she respects enough that she's not going to entertain those dudes, right? Yeah. But the thing with exes, why it affects the peace and stability of a relationship mm-hmm. is they want to be able to have that access where they can kind of play on a woman's vulnerabilities. You know what I mean? So if they see her like out and about doing something and they see her happy, they'll do that. You know that future meme where they come with a little toxic message just to kind of plant seeds of discord, uh, plant seeds of discord. Mm-hmm. so you're just preventing that that's all it is you're not saying hey i don't want you talking to men period like of course not but exes it's a little bit exes is a different ball game so you're not friends with any of your exes no i won't keep in touch with them uh okay that's fair and i sh- mean at least you know you're being fair and honest and you're respecting your own rule too right exactly yeah yeah like if a girl said hey i don't want you to keep in touch with your exes too and i'm like hey but you know it's different right <laughs> then it's like whoa like so you're just putting a boundary, and that's why I said at the beginning that's good. That could be a bound. That'll be a boundary that I would put in place. But then I, as a man, also have to be respectful of a boundary that a woman puts in place. So it's yeah. a, it's a two, it's a two. It, the respect has to go both ways. Okay, you hear that, listeners? <laughs> Major red flag. No bueno on Yusuf's side. No bueno. <laughs> is that, what about you? That's not. Is that a red flag for you? So I feel like the past just stay in the past. I guess it speaks towards your whole notion too, right? Of just like how anything that's an X should not be relevant now. Like it's not a major red flag that pops up on my radar. Okay, and I don't want to plant any stuff in your head or anything like mm-hmm. that, right? But I'll tell you, I'll give you like a, kind of an example. I, I don't like to use celebrities because again, they occupy a different world. But at the same time, there's always little elements that I think we could kind of take a look at, right? So if you look at J-Lo and Ben Affleck, right? So while she was on vacation with A-Rod, Ben Affleck was emailing her, trying to test the waters with her a little bit. Okay. So, like, again, this is while she was with A-Rod still. You know, email seems kind of harmless, right? It's just, hey, it's just the email. You're just, you know, checking in, see how I'm doing, right? So mm-hmm. she responded, I'm sure, I'm sure innocently, right? Just to say, hey, you know, I used to know him. Yeah. And then... I'm sure eventually said, hey, we should catch up sometime. You know, let's go for coffee, something like that, right? right? So it starts with like, hey, just a little catch up. 100%, yeah. And mind you, do you think she's openly telling A-Rod like, hey, I'm, e- I'm emailing my ex? Nah, she thought. Because she probably knows deep down inside she shouldn't be doing it. But yeah. that little curiosity is there, right? Mm-hmm. Fast forward now. Who is she with? Uh, she's with Ben Affleck. So that's the point that I'm trying to make, like... It's not a matter of wanting to control a person or wanting to do it. It has nothing to do with control, jealousy, insecurity, none of that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just 
if we're both serious about each other, then we have to protect a piece of this relationship. Part of protecting peace is not making, is not being susceptible to vulnerability on both mm-hmm. sides. It's a preventative measure. That's really all that it is. Okay, so you're big on making sure that the things that are preventable are yeah, prevented. You, yeah, you want to eliminate outside distractions and any outside risks, right? Right. Because when it happens, by then it's too late. <laughs> like it's yeah, like a hurricane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or by by the time like you got to protect your home from hurricanes from rain all that stuff right so the time the time to repair the roof is when the sun is shining not when it starts raining yeah so it's an it's a boundary that you got to that you got to put in place early yeah that's true that's true that's fair that's fair yeah i agree on that what other red flag i mean that that's clearly your biggest red flag there <laughs> i don't know if there's any other red flags there's i mean at the end of the day there's a bunch of red flags Everyone has the red flags. Just how you compromise those red flags. And I guess it's how you go about teaching each other to deal with the red flags, right? Or those triggering moments within the relationship. Yeah. I feel like a, a lot of it has to be, you have to grow your partner's hate or, or disdain for a red flag and try to like change it, right? So it can mm-hmm. be beneficial to both parties. Yeah. And I do want to make clear that, you know, no one is perfect, right? No man is perfect. No woman is perfect. So you're never going to have the most perfect ideal scenario with a person. But if the red flags are not high, like there's no high risk. Yeah. And they, they meet a majority of your standards. Then you know what? Some things you got to compromise on. Yeah. If the overwhelming is good, then you can't, you got to learn how to kind of work with or mitigate the things that are not. Uh-huh. You know, that that are not perfect. Right. But you just have to make sure that those things, like those flaws, uh-huh. are not something that's bad enough that could affect the situation. That's how I look at it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, hey, everyone's looking for that Jada and that Will love. But hey, look how much <laughs> they're going through, right? At the end of the day, like, we all thought they would be perfect and they're not, right? But yeah. You're hoping that your partner isn't one to kick your back in whenever there's a book or something to be promoted. <laughs> yeah, facts. Yeah, that's that's. I guess that should be the main thing from that you take from seeing Jada and Will, right? It's also like what not to do. Also, just like there's that, and you see the good and the bad side. I guess they mm-hmm. show you. I mean, I mean, I guess that's the positive thing you could take of it. That they're so real and they're so op- so open. Yeah. You can see, like, okay, what's the good from you could take from the relationship and the bad. You can see the both sides of the do's and the don'ts, right? Because sometimes one may not see the bad side of those glamorous relationships until it's, like, a big divorce or a big scandal, right? They show it in a sense of, like, talking open to a red table or whatever it may be. Yeah, that that is true, yeah. I mean, that's I can agree with that. I think that's a very valid point. I think, yeah, there's a good takeaway from that, that, yeah, in the sense, there is a level of authenticity that they're showing us. And, you know, it's a lesson to not, like, to everyone, really, that's observing this, to don't pedestalize people. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that we just don't know. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And... You, at the end of the day, you have to be your own person. You have to use your own brain 
And unfortunately, we're not ones that can read minds. We're not, I'm not Professor X. <laughs> and Will Smith is not either. And at the end of the day, you have to try to learn each other as best as you can through mm-hmm. communication, not through mind reading, because I don't know what spiritual realm Jada comes from, where she thinks just because we love each other, I should be able to read one's mind. I'm sorry, that's not how people and humans work, right? At the end of the day, communication is the best solution to one's problem. I agree. Communication, and I would say also a commitment. Yeah, a long commitment, right? And it, yeah. it takes two, right? It takes two to tango. It takes two to build a legacy. And if one side is not going to work, then the other side is not going to work. It's like a, it's like a seesaw. You got to work together. That's facts. I agree. So, Jordan, do you have anything else that you want to include or anything that you want to communicate to the listeners? I guess... I mean, last time I was on the podcast, I don't think I, I said that I was starting another podcast, of course, just to follow up on that, the Always One podcast. Yusuf came on our last episode. Make sure you go check it out. It was a great episode. We should be cutting up with episode 11 um, sometime this week, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, it's Always One podcast on Instagram. It's also Always One podcast on any where you find podcasts, you can go find another podcast. It's more of a sports betting podcast. So, ladies, you might not um, be too keen to uh, listen to it. But, hey, it's still a good conversation. Your guy, Yusuf, hops on here and there to talk sports. So, it's always good to be in the know of sports because that is definitely a green flag, right? Yeah, yeah Knowing some sports. Yeah. It's definitely helpful for your man when you can give him some insight on who's a good team to bet on, who's a bad team to bet on, and yada, 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 you know? Being educated and compromising to know sports will be a green flag for your man or your future man. So check it out, Always One Podcast on all streaming platforms. Definitely, yeah. and I'm going to link all that stuff in the description as well so people will be able to find it. Yes, and it's yes, always, yes. It's always a good vibe every time. Like, whenever I go on there, I get a chance to, you know, talk my shit about sports. It's always a good time, bro. Yeah, you're doing yeah. great. You're doing great work on there, bro. Keep it up. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. And it's guys like you that keep pushing me, right, to push myself, push my podcast, and us working together helps push each other in this whole media publications realm definitely bro we gotta inspire and motivate each other and keep each other accountable i agree i agree all right jordan thank you for joining me on the wire to wire podcast bro until next time yes take care cheers take care bro Thank you for listening to the Wire to Wire podcast. Be sure to share and subscribe. You can also check out my books, including my latest one, Quarantine Thoughts, available at all retailers. The link is in the description. Until next time.